The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Let's get to the division. We may as well start AFC East and we'll go out of order on the finishing position because the other big like story in the NFL right now is Aaron Rodgers. What's the Jets' plan if this doesn't work? What's plan B? I think probably Garoppolo, which is such a gigantic fall off for them. But I think Salah would look at it like we were in it till week 18 with three bad quarterbacks. I know what Jimmy can do. You know, I've heard a lot about how Shanahan despised Garoppolo, which is interesting because then other coaches that were either in San Francisco with him or with him in New now, New England's different because Shanahan obviously wasn't with Belichick. But, you know, it's it's interesting that Garoppolo's two fall, not fallback options, but teams' fallback options seem to be the Raiders and Jets with Garoppolo. And McDaniels, I think, likes him. Salah, I think, would trust him to do better than the three quarterbacks that he had there last year. But I don't think Zach Wilson will be their plan B. I think that they're all in. I mean, when a guy like Woody Johnson is flying out to see the guy, you would think because of the vaccine stuff that he wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers at all, Danny. He's Johnson and Johnson. No, seriously. You don't think a billionaire would take that shit personally? I'm kind of surprised he's not. Well, and 
but Rogers has also talked a bunch of shit on Big Pharma. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, Florio's been making that point all week, just reminding he people is? of that. Yeah. It's so good job. Uh, yeah, no, it's good a job great job. He, he said his first question uh, at the press conference in New York to introduce him to the New York media should be you said on Pat McAfee's show that big pharma is like one of the downfalls of American civilization. How does it feel now to be taking money directly from Johnson and Johnson? Like that's oh, a, that's a well, great question. It's the New York media. Somebody should. And I'm, and I bet somebody will. Um, I think plan B should be firing Nathaniel Hackett because you only hired him. <laughs> you only hired him to get Rogers and he's clearly not good. We saw him on his own in Denver. So at quarterback, your Jimmy Garoppolo argument is a totally sound one logically, though I am kind of floored at the idea that you would have Zach Wilson at number two and number two overall in the draft and give up on him that quick if your answer wasn't like a not that Tom Brady would go there, but, you know, a ready-made Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, like end-of-career star quarterback who obviously supplants anybody who's already on the roster. Like, you're not winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're not winning a Super Bowl with Zach Wilson. I could easily make the argument that you owe it to your investment in the second overall pick, not to hand him the job, but to at least let him compete for the job with basically anybody that you're bringing in at a lower tier than Aaron Rodgers. So I think they should cut their losses on Wilson and trade him just because I think it got to a point where it wasn't just the on-field lack of production. It was obviously the way that he graded on his teammates and the way that his teammates viewed him. And unfortunately, that's a situation unlike, say, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay or Russell Wilson in Seattle. The quarterback gets zero benefit of the doubt. So if the good players on the team turn on him, I don't think there's any coming back from that. So that's why I would do the Josh Rosen thing like Arizona did and just move the guy. And if he comes back to bite you like Geno Smith did 10 years later, whatever. But I think that that's what the Jets should do. I don't. I think it's toxic. If it's not Rodgers and it's just somebody like you mentioned, like if it's Garoppolo, and he's seen as a temporary short-term fix, I think merely having Zach Wilson around is not copacetic. I don't think that that benefits anyone. Would you trade him for a fourth-round pick? If somebody took the contract, which is not huge because it's the second pick in the draft, yeah, I would. I probably would. Yeah. I mean, that is just – that is – like the the Josh Rosen thing, he hadn't proven himself to be awful – and you had the replacement with the number one overall pick. Zach Wilson looked terrible, and you don't have the young heir apparent to replace him for a while. Like that is the definition of buying high and selling low. That's just that's bad investment. But at least you're at least you're selling. Yeah, no, at least, I mean, right. I mean, to your point, he could be out of the league in a year. So you you get a top 120 pick instead of nothing. If you if you really think he's a zero, then you should do that. But I, I believe that 22-year-old, 23-year-old kids have the opportunity for some level of maturity, reflection, personal growth, and hopefully the guy can win some of his teammates back over, especially if he doesn't have to play right away. You know who I think you know who you know who I would you know who I think should trade for him? Who's that? I don't like I know they're 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 um 
their draft pick inventory is pretty shot because of the Wilson trade and then trading for Sean Payton. Denver. But you and like, just, but 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 you don't. You think it would be toxic in New York, but you don't think that if Russell Wilson. Well, I just don't think. I, I don't think. Well, I, I just don't think Broncos players hate Zach Wilson yet. Yet. Yeah. Even Broncos fans hate Russell Wilson. Right. But at least if the idea is we'll have him sit here for a year and just watch this guy yeah. and work with this coach. No, it's not, I mean, it's it's not a bad idea, but you're right. They don't have – I think they have, like, the least draft capital of basically anyone in the league. Uh, as we go through the AFC East teams, we'll start with the – we'll go to now the best one, Buffalo. You wrote, should they trade for Derrick Henry? Why is that top of mind for you, the biggest thing with this team? Because they're obsessed with finding a running back, even though they hate running the ball. And they keep drafting guys. And the second Henry was put on the trade block, all the odds makers installed the Bills as the favorites to get him. So they just feel like there's this obsession. Maybe it's because McDermott is a defensive coach. And even though it doesn't manifest in games, really, to go with Henry there and actually give them a reason to commit more to a run game. But I just don't think it's a good idea for them. I just don't think they're the right team for that. Like, I feel like that would that might actually have unintended consequences for them making a deal like that. I just think it's such a good running back draft. I know they've drafted him before, like you said, but your team is a passing team. Your team is Josh Allen. Right. Draft a running back who can also catch the ball and don't give up draft capital for a running back who's got a year or two of... But it's funny that that's what, like, NFL media are saying, like, okay, this is the missing piece for the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Derrick Henry. Because you're going to have to load up to stop him, and that's going to make Allen throw over the top of it, and with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, and almost regardless of who you put as the third wide receiver, how do you stop that? I mean, a running game would help them. But what 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 do you think Tennessee is going to be asking for for Derrick Henry? They're going to be asking for they, a lot. No, I think they take a third. See, I, I was thinking take a second. Th- yeah, I mean, I I would not do that if I was Buffalo. I, I think they want to get rid of the contract. Right. I but I wouldn't be interested. Like, how many years? I mean, I know he's this generation, this decade's Adrian Peterson because he's basically the same generation as Adrian Peterson, <laughs> but. I mean, how how much longer could that guy possibly have as a top 10 running back in the NFL? I keep thinking that the year that we just watched was his last one, and I've been doing that for like three years. Correct. Correct. You know who should trade for him? Cincinnati. They've got all kinds of cap space. They don't know how long they're going to be able to keep this together. They're going to cut Joe Mixon. Yeah. Imagine him. I just, I I just, I, I wouldn't say you should trade for. It, depending on what the pick is, again, I wouldn't trade a top 60 pick for oh, a running back who's got a year or two left. I wouldn't either. You know, so I just, I don't think that Tennessee is going to get what they want for it. But, you know, you start talking about a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. I'm, I'm but I think there. a third, I think a third's a good compromise. Because we've, we've seen players that have not had long-term deals that were looked at as guys that could help a team 
get traded at the deadline midseason for like third round picks. So you get the advantage of having the guy in camp with you the entire year and he gets acclimated to what you're trying to do. Yeah. If you're the Bengals, you don't know. I mean, your window you think is another 10 years with Burrow, but with the collection of players you have now, I don't know. I, I, that, that to me would just – that. I, I just don't think Buffalo – I don't know. I just don't think Buffalo is as close as the odds makers think they are to winning another Super Bowl. Personally, do you? It kind of feels like a Belichick player. Yeah, we're, like we're, we're just mentioning AFC teams, though. Like, is Tennessee going to trade him in the AFC? Like, will they look at him like a quarterback? I wouldn't look at it that way because of what you just said. No, I mean I wouldn't either. But I, I, I got to imagine that they're going to be asking for a lot for Derrick Henry just to explain it to their own fans. Um, This is a weird one. Colin Cowherd keeps talking about Brady not being a broadcaster. Rich Eisen says he's hearing whispers that Brady is going to play. Brady tweets about his daughter adopting a kitten, and that's taking too much time away from football, which we can't take anything this dude does on social media seriously. But he retired a second time publicly. He's reportedly filed his retirement papers. But we know about Stephen Ross and the Dolphins' connection to to Michigan and his obsession with Brady and that he lost the draft pick in this draft to tamper with him to try to get him the last time. Should Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins want, if Tom Brady wants, Tom Brady over Tua? No. I don't, and here's why. Because you're not in the right – you're not in the right conference – you're in a conference with with Kansas City, with uh, Cincinnati, with the Chargers, if they can ever stay healthy, with Jacksonville, who's an ascending team, with Buffalo in your own division. You put Tom Brady on Miami. I just don't think they go from good team to Super Bowl contender. I don't think he has that kind of impact on teams, even if you're telling me he's got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. For 17 games. I just don't look at him as that type of quarterback anymore. He needs a perfect offensive line. If there's any offensive line breakdown, he might not get injured like Tua, but he's not going to be that effective. And it's only, it's you know, like maybe it's only a one-year thing. So I would not want to, I would not want to rip the Band-Aid prematurely on Tua in the name of like going with Brady. Cause I just don't think it's the type of quarterback upgrade, Danny, that makes the, the dolphins a legitimate championship team. Tua surprised me. We talked about it over the course of the year. Like I, I thought that it was everything else around him and that a lot of guys would look good in that system. And I still do think a lot of guys would look good in the system, but the guys who weren't Tua that played did not look good. So Tua gets credit from me for how he performed. The variable here is, is the reporting on Tua accurate? Like, is Tua good to go? Is he your week one starter? Is he just as likely as the majority of players who play that position to be able to play 17 games? Or is he concussion prone? Is he injury prone? Obviously, we know he's on the small scale, you know, bottom 10 percentile of quarterback size in the NFL. It's why I don't like him. It's why I never liked him. So if they have some information, and they should have more information than anybody else, 
that says like Tua is a real, real risk proposition, high risk proposition to be able to finish this season. Well, then sure, because you're not going to be able to do any better. Um, and everyone would at least understand. But it. how could they get that diagnosis right now in March that Tua could not make it through? Well, I mean, I think that it's possible that they had it at the end of the season and they were just like kind of covering and buying time. I mean, the guy didn't play. So I I assume that Tua is going to play football again. And I assume that Tua will play football at a high level. But so I'm with you that I would not do the Brady thing because Tua looked pretty damn good. But if I knew that Tua might never be the same and the only people who would know that are the Dolphins, then I'd be interested in rolling the dice on Tom Brady. That's the well, only scenario. But but I I mean I don't have all the I don't have all the, the medical documents in front of me, and I would say that it's more likely than not that he won't be the same player and that you know his body of work as far as injuries go leads you to believe that he's just not a very durable guy. So Right. The thing is though but, that you like that team is so built to win now. Yeah, you know, but I just don't think Brady is a is a is a built to win now quarterback anymore. I don't. I mean, like that. Uh, the other part of that Eisen report was that Philip Rivers wanted to play for Miami last year once the injuries happened with Tua, and they turned him down. I don't see a big difference between Brady and Philip Rivers anymore. Well, I mean, one guy played football last year. Okay, did he play it well? No. Right. I mean, so that's what I mean. I'm the, uh, Brady's better, but not m- by much. At least not what he put on tape last year. No, I, I, so, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. He, he, he had his moments. He had all the personal issues. He had the offensive line issues. They were a very injured offense. So do I think that Brady is still a top 32 quarterback on planet Earth? Yeah, I do. Yeah, me too. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if they think two is not finishing the year, they don't have a better option than Brady because whoever their backup is is not a top 32 quarterback on planet Earth. But with that variable probably not known, I'd roll the dice with Tua. What do you think Belichick is doing and is going to do this off? <laughs> uh, they are one of the most forgotten teams in the NFL. They really are. They've got the greatest coach of all time. And the Patriots outside of New England and Boston are a non-story. They are a completely like left for dead, slept on franchise. And I just, Belichick has a way of doing things. You know, when he won his first Super Bowl in 01, nobody thought that team was going to be any good. They had gone, what, 4-12 and 12 the year before? So it's not like he needs a hyped-up team to win. But at the same time, like, he's so old. He wants to break Shula's all-time wins record. I can't imagine that he's just content with a team that if he coaches his balls off, wins nine games. Because that's what they look like to me. They go nine and eight. You say great coaching job, Bill, with yeah. the team they have. I I agree with you. Is there a scenario that exists 
where he holds on too long and Andy Reid keeps winning, where Reid gets to like four Super Bowls, like four four rings, not attends four Super Bowls. Uh, <laughs> he's already done that. And but wins four rings and finishes strong, like, you know, gets carried off, win, wins one in his last game or whatever. And Belichick strings together five losing seasons in seven years post Brady finishes with more wins, finishes with more rings, but we'll end up looking at it like, man, Andy Reid had winning seasons with six different quarterbacks. And as soon as he got a good one, he was amazing. Belichick, he really only did it with Brady. Is there any scenario in which that happens and the the GOAT conversation or even the best coach of his generation becomes a legitimate debate? I think so, and here's why. Because Chuck Knoll won four Super Bowls and had such a bad run in the 80s where they only won, I think, two playoff games. And he basically went from 1980 to 1991 and only won two playoff games in 12 years. And because of that, even though we had four, I think when Walsh retired with three, there was a thought that he was a better coach than Noel. Like, I don't think, just my personal opinion, I don't feel like it took Belichick surpassing him or even tying him for people to, like, I don't think Noel was regarded as the best coach in NFL history while he had four Super Bowl championships. No, you know but what I Bel- mean? Belichick is talked about as the GOAT as like a statement of fact, like Gretzky is yes. talking about as the goat in hockey. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. But the point, the argument I'm trying to make is that we've already had at least one era of football where the coach with the most Super Bowls was not widely regarded or universally regarded as the best head coach of all time. Yeah, I just I, I wonder, you know, how if it goes poorly for a while, like how many years it would take for him to not unravel his legacy. I mean, he's unbelievable, obviously. He's a Hall of Famer. He, you know, he's unbelievable. But I'm, I'm wondering, because it's not one more year. But like you said, if he wants the wins record and he has a bad team, he might be hanging around for uh, the better part of a decade. I, I just don't sense that there's any urgency there with the Patriots. None that's reported on or or reported about. Like, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the offensive coordinator change there, bringing Bill O'Brien back. I think that that puts Mac Jones on the clock where most reasonable people would think if he doesn't make huge strides with this coach, that it would be fine if Belichick went into the following year's draft and took a quarterback. You know, like I, I don't, I, I've never understood other than, oh, Nick Saban convinced me that this was the next Tom Brady, even though he didn't have great physical traits or tangible qualities. I still don't understand what Belichick saw in the guy. I don't get it to this day. Yeah. I mean, I think this, it was just, he needed a quarterback and Saban told him he was smart and he was impressive on a chalkboard. Problem is you don't get to bring the chalkboard onto the field. But yeah, I think that they are 
one of the least interesting teams, if not the most, most least, the least interesting. I could have just said least the least interesting team in football. I can speak. I told you I'm sick.